0: This is Radio Free Galisteo. Today we have a special edition of our podcast. Radio Free Galisteo's Denise Lynch reads another chapter from A Galisteo Tale. This one is Coyote and the Good Doctor. Denise Lynch here, coming to you from the heart of the Galisteo village in New Mexico. I'm here at Quartermill Gallery, the physical home of radio-free Galisteo. This fall, we celebrate our legacy by bringing to you some sounds of the desert. My late mother, Priscilla Hoback, also known affectionately as the Queen of All Mediums, left behind several collectible pieces of her artwork, including some short stories and a book about her beloved Galisteo. Today, I'm reading a selection from that book entitled Coyote and the Good Doctor. Three hundred years ago, the first rooms of my hacienda were built by Spanish settlers. They rode here on horses and brought the one true God to New Mexico. They built their church directly above the ancient Indian kiva, they built their village around the church. The ancient kiva and the Catholic Church are my closest neighbors. Sometimes at night I hear strange rituals and witness uneasy spirits floating in the cottonwood trees that line the road. I hear every peal of the church bell and follow every drumbeat coming from deep underground. I hear the prayers called out to the true God and the Indian gods. In the barn the horses are restless. Coyote is here also. He belongs to this high desert. He has been dancing here before the beginning of time. Dark nights are balanced with sunny days filled with abundant gardens and trees that bear sweet apples. This high desert has always been a most wonderful place to grow. Indians grew an abundance of corn and squash, enough to feed the five pueblos in the basin. Spanish settlers planted orchards of trees that produced enough fruit for all winter. These treasures still grow here. Two ravens from Chihuahua, Mexico are here for the summer. They have an agenda. They hope to learn about coyote magic. When not studying, they enjoyed the summer afternoons. They feast on sweet corn growing in most every backyard garden around the village. Two centuries ago or so, Archbishop Lamy came from Santa Fe. He rebuilt the original church, the one destroyed during the Indian uprising of 1680. He filled the church properties with lilacs and fruit trees. A few of these original fruit trees are still alive. To this day, they bear apples and pears and memories. Children climb up the adobe wall that surrounds the patron's hacienda. They fill their pockets and mouths with ripe fruit intended for the farmers' markets in El Dorado or Santa Fe. The sweet fruit, as fragrant as fine wine, is highly prized, second only to New Mexico's world-famous green chili. Coyote trots into the village. The ravens watch him taking wing and follow. First raven calls out, "'Let's see what he does next. It looks like he's going to check on the doctor's trees.'" The doctor is still in Santa Fe working late at the hospital. When he comes home, he will work another hour or so. He will contact the village folks who depend on him for their medical care. The good doctor learned to practice charity from his father, who was also a doctor. When the doctor and his wife bought a new home, their third in 30 years of living in Galisteo, he planted a row of apple trees for his three grandsons. As well as teaching them to fly fish, he is growing an orchard as part of the legacy he will leave them. He has saved a special place beside the vegetable garden for a few unique trees whose fruit is unusually sweet. On snowy nights last winter, he sat by the fireplace and read the garden catalogs. He was looking for a variety of trees that could survive the cold winters and bear ripe fruit within the short-growing season. This narrowed his choices down to the few trees listed in Zone 7. He decided on bare-root Japanese plum trees. He paid the extra shipping costs so the trees would come by airmail. From the time they arrived, looking like a bundle of dried sticks, he tended them with love. He pruned and shaped, fed, weeded, and watered. When planted, the trees responded to his attention. First they grew bushy, then tall, over six feet tall, even above the doctor's height. In spring they blossomed and set fruit. Every night their flowers released exotic perfume that called the bees and others with discerning noses to come pollinate. Word spread when the green and purple plums began to ripen. Coyote took note. Just to think about that rare fruit caused his mouth to water. Oh, the doctor's plums. Are they forbidden to any but Japanese royalty far across the ocean? Or do they belong to the good doctor alone? Another night or so and I will find out. In the evening, the doctor walked around the garden picking a few ripe tomatoes and a basket of arugula for the dinner salad. He stopped to check his plum trees. Two days at the most. He gently squeezed firm flesh, gave way under the pressure of his expert touch. The next afternoon before he left for the hospital, he marked himself off the schedule and reminded the other doctors that tomorrow he was taking a rare day off. He planned to make plum jelly, so he stopped at Walmart on the way home and bought four dozen canning jars and several fresh packets of SureGel. He wanted to make enough jelly to last all winter. The next morning he rose early, dressed quickly, picked up a wicker basket, and went to his orchard. Something was not right. He saw bent and broken branches scattered carelessly under the trees. Someone must have been in a hurry. They broke many small branches as they carried away the ripe fruit. Who would steal from the doctor who was so beloved in the village? That is just what he wondered. Who could have done this? Was it my next-door neighbor? He's often unpredictable. He carries a walking stick for balance and protection from the neighborhood dogs. They growl at him when he walks to get his mail. Many people in the village shun him. He enters into arguments that turn into lawsuits. First Raven warns, Better stay out of court with him. He's always looking for a quick claim title that may not have been properly recorded at the courthouse. Second Raven commented, Sometimes this neighbor does unneighborly things. I have watched him put his garbage in the doctor's trash bin. When the doctor's wife sees him do this, she complains. He shouts angry words at her. She goes back into her house. She does not like to fight. The doctor considers, Hmm, my next door neighbor has opportunity. He will trespass whenever he wants. Could he pick the plums all by himself? Maybe not. It's probably not him. First Raven notes. Suspicion of neighbors does not build community spirit. It only leads to trouble. The doctor did not hear this comment. By then he was considering another neighbor. A young woman also next door dislikes him even though he had helped her mother with a medical emergency late one night. This woman boldly told him, You parked your Land Rover on land that has belonged to my family for generations. You should pay me for parking. The doctor thought, Maybe she thinks the plums, like the road, is hers. He wondered, could that small woman pick all the fruit? She must have had help. Did the three Spanish boys who brought my firewood help her? They walked into the garden and looked around. They asked about more work. Did they come back later and take my plums? I might have heard their truck. Maybe my dog would bark at them. Carefully, the doctor considered one neighbor after another. Coyote's stomach began to growl. Dinner of four fat mice had been hours ago, and now he was ready for something sweet. He was never far from an idea. He slipped under the black currant bushes to hide and think. His grin grew larger, his teeth gleamed. First, it is important to know who to blame. That way there is no doubt no one is left with a mystery. This remark caught the attention of the ravens. They've moved closer in to watch. The doctor may have been aware of human conditions, but he has never encountered coyote before. He does not see the paw prints and plum pits like breadcrumbs following a trail down into the muddy bosky. First raven, showing off new magic skills, remarked, Follow that trail. Perhaps it will lead nowhere or somewhere invisible. The Doctor is unfamiliar with forces who help Coyote. Their energies are tangled in the deep roots of time. They leave no track or trace and hide among the dry leaves that fall from the cottonwood trees. They are energies that come here craving sweetness. Coyote, the master of misdirection, whispered to those with ears to hear, I know of a family of raccoons who live in the bosky. They are half animal, half spirit, and all wild. They have clever hands, good noses, and a taste for the exotic. They all wear masks. They are known to steal. When the neighbors overheard the whispers, they knew there was another suspect to consider. Quickly, they pointed their fingers toward the bosky and said, RACCOONS! Even the doctor was satisfied with that answer. He resolved, I will call the local dog trainer... She will teach my dog to bark at night and keep away the intruders. I will load my shotgun, the one my father gave me, the one that is hidden in the back of the closet, and I might build a higher fence. Second Raven spoke up. The good doctor has fallen for Coyote's trick. Should we help him a little? Maybe it would be a repayment for the fresh corn we ate every afternoon last summer. First Raven cautioned him. We better be careful or we might be the ones who get blamed. Raccoons are an easier explanation than one that depends on troublesome spirits who are seeking sweetness. That sounds far-fetched. Coyote noticed the ravens flying overhead, still chattering about him. It is time to send those two pests back to Mexico. They are always up to something. The more they dig, the deeper the hole. They should learn to keep their mouths shut. Then they might learn something real of coyote magic. Deep in thought, he mused, It would be wonderful if ripe plums were to disappear from the trees every year, no matter how high the fences. Raccoons can slip under fences. Of course, in a few years, I might have to think of someone else to blame before the doctor catches on to me. That evening, Coyote sat in the bosque with the raccoons. To ease his guilt for tarnishing their good name, he was sharing some of the sweetness with them. He licked away the plum juice that dripped down his fine fur coat. The good doctor and his wife talked long into the night about the loss of their plums. Is it possible, he asked her, following a train of thought. Do you think that maybe? He drifted off quietly, letting his thoughts run wild. Coyote was singing his most beautiful song. The moon listened. The village listened. The doctor and his wife listened. They listened so carefully, they began to understand. Coyote sang. My rewards are such sweetness. My dessert's so delicious. I am Coyote, the great trickster, song dog of the desert. Radio Free Galisteo is listener supported. If you go to www.radiofregalisteo.com, you can find our Patreon support button. Click it and become an active supporter of this podcast.